when we're getting in a cold shower, when we're getting an ice bath, when we're getting in cryo, we're creating a sympathetic response in the body. And the beauty of it comes when you get out. So it's like type two fun. It's fun when you're done, your body is uh, you're creating adaptation. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. So you are in for a treat today. This is a fun-filled biohacking podcast with my friend, Kristen Weitzel, also known as Warrior Woman Mode on her website, on Instagram, and everywhere you can find her, basically. And she is a true warrior. If you haven't checked out her social media posts, they're incredible. She dives into the cold, full head plungers. Um, she even does kind of hit style training in cold plungers, uh, where it's kind of one minute in, one minute out. Uh, really inspirational. She's absolutely lovely. We talk about biohacking for women, how to switch on your warrior woman mode. We talk about nutrition, really, really wide ranging topics, but everything aligned with my lovely female audience to help you optimize your mind, body and spirit for high performance, which is what we're all about on the High Performance Health Podcast. So I think you're really going to get a lot from this episode and really enjoy it. And we talk about breath work, which often actually you don't really hear about too much from women. It tends to be a lot of kind of quite male dominated industry, uh, the breathwork industry, but we women breathe too. And uh, we like to expose our cold, ourselves to cold sometimes, uh, maybe not as often as I should. But anyway, this is a fun chat with my friend, Kristen. So without further delay, let me introduce you now to the lovely Kristen Weitzel. So Kristen, it is so awesome to be finally having this chat together. We met at the summit, the Health Optimization Summit in London, and I think it's taken us quite a few months, not weeks actually, to pull this together. <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. <laughs> Pulling it together, adjusting our schedules. I'm adjusting the lights so everything is perfect so we can spend this time chatting. Amazing. It's so nice to be with you. Um, and I just like, I love watching your content on Instagram and just following everything that you're doing, especially with kind of the cold exposure and the breath work, because we were talking just a little bit back there offline. And I think that it's such a, well, the whole kind of biohacking thing primarily is quite masculine. Uh, and I think that particularly like- no, breath It's work, getting better, like, girl. It is getting better. better. It is. <laughs> because of people like you and the biohacker babes and yeah, a few people, I think, and, and myself trying to push it. But yeah. breath work wise is something and cold showering just seems very masculine. And so I just love it when you're posting about it. Um, I have some questions for you, because when I've been looking at the, the research around cold exposure, um, it's not. And we talk about women's kind of menstrual cycle optimization from a cold exposure. And you might correct me on this. It doesn't seem like you need to change that according to the menstrual cycle because it doesn't, while it upregulates dopamine, my understanding is it isn't really upregulating things like cortisol so much. Um, I'm just curious. I know you've done a lot of research into this and you're a big practitioner of it. What your thoughts are? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> the other thing I want to just say that I have to address, because I think it's important before we go into this, which is sure. what I love about the women's biohacking circle movement, inner circle, all of us that are doing this, because you're in the world educating so many women as well, is that it doesn't feel to me competitive. What mm -hmm. I really like is I feel like all those women you, you named and Molly McLaughlin and Molly Maloof, and all these people that are 
in the mix, Jolene Brighton, you know, all of them, I, I don't ever feel like there's any competitive nature to us speaking. Or I really try to continue to be like rising tide lifts all boats. When I'm working with women, I will collaborate with people. I'm like, there's a millions of women out in the world. Let's get to them in the way and the voices that they need to hear. And if it's not my voice, that's great. Then it should be yours. And I think that that is just something that um, I don't always see in the other let's say the other half of the biohacking scene, whether that be, this isn't all about men and women. And, and when I talk about females, I, I typically mean like physiological females, women with the genetic makeup of a female um, because you know, the world is changing and everything's fluid, but I, um, I love your work and I want to say that out loud. And I love that you exist in the world and that um, for years I've been following you. I just, we never really had the chance to get deep like this. So, um, that's important is that the women out there just hear that there is a place and a space. And especially in this health optimization sector where we are lifting each other up. Cause that's not always the case, you know, mm, in other industries yeah. too. Yeah. So, it's so true. <laughs> I think it's important to say, because we all learn from each other well. And of course I have moments where I'm like, can't, can't you read a Dutch test like nobody. And I'm like, Oh, I want to learn how to do that. And like, <laughs> I go on your online you know, education tool. And I say, okay, great. Angela's doing a, a, a webinar on it. I want to learn as opposed to worrying the other way, right. Where we like kind of dig ourselves into the hole and we have FOMO and we feel less than, and yeah. So that's my, that's my, that's my soapbox lately with women is just like, there are other women out there in the world. We can just ask for help. They're men and women, just like they're experts. Like we have to stop feeling like crap about ourselves and hiding from the curiosity and leaning into getting ourselves healthy because we are the future. <laughs> we are indeed. I love that. And ditto. I've been following your work for such a long time and absolutely love it. And I think the thing is with women is I think we support each other and also form amazing communities together. That's the thing. I think that's the thing we have as women, just so kind of like the community spirit and from my own communities, I just absolutely love kind of the people that are attracted into health optimization and biohacking. Um, and yeah, it's just beautiful. So I'm excited. I'm excited for our chat today. Yeah. And also to uh, for you to kind of um, inform me on some areas that I'm definitely not that knowledgeable in. Uh, so yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah. So we can talk about um, cold and the, 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 the cycling with cold piece. The, the cool part is right. That, that I, I, I'm pretty alpha and uh, the way that I work in the world, I've been working on my divine feminine and my softer side. Cause there's so much strength in that as well, being a female. And I, um, had a lot of, uh, I get a lot of lab work like you, and I'm always sort of navigating the cortisol thing, right? Cortisol is highly vilified in especially the nutrition or the health space. And in some ways, and we do need cortisol and it is a, it, it is uh, the thing that helps us with so much of our day. And also if we have an overabundance of it, it's, um, it can be a little crushing. And so I'm always working on my cortisol number because it tends to ride that, that edge, that adaptation edge. Like, you know, is it, am I close to burnout or not? And when, um, Huberman, the first time I really heard about it, like six months ago, is because there's wacky research. I guess we have to preface the whole thing by saying the cold exposure research world is really interesting because all of the studies are so different, right? First, you're dealing with not a lot of women in the studies in the reproductive years, which is like across the board. And then you're dealing with, um, and even menopausal women are, are less than, and then you're dealing with layers of, uh, there's a little bit of a funding challenge there. Sometimes it's like who funds the study is like the way the study goes. And that's like, follow the money. Um, there's not as much of that in cold seemingly. Um, and then there's all of these different times 
like how long are people exposed to whatever type of cold there is the type of cold is it a cold shower is it just putting your left arm in before a training is it putting your whole body in is it and then there's a and then there's temperature so it's like is it you know two degrees or 60 degrees, whatever, Fahrenheit, Celsius, all over the map, like where are we sitting in it? What temperature? And so the research is pretty widespread and it leaves a lot of room still for fully understanding deliberate cold exposure. And I think we have to keep doing that kind of research. But what I do notice, because I've put over 2000 people on the ice one-on-one at this point. And when you look at breath work and cold exposure groups, even more than that, and really with women, a very big thing is women will come to me and say, I'm not going to plunge today because I'm on my period. And I'm like, okay, cool. You have autonomy to do whatever you want to do. And it's actually hormonally, if you're not, you know, this is the big, this is the big picture is that we all want to use our intuition and how we feel coupled with what's actually going on in our body. If we have a good understanding of our hormone profile and for someone who is generally in a healthy hormonal state, the menstrual period is a good time. As long as intuitively you're not like, Oh, I'm cranky and I'm angry and I don't want to be around people. Cause if you're doing it in a group, um, it's a time where our hormones are most sort of like they have, uh, they're lower, right? It's like a lower phase of hormones. And it's actually really, I like to train on my period day two and beyond. I like to get in cold on my period, especially if I have anything that feels like inflammation or crankiness, it really just boosts my mood. It keeps me really, um, you know, focused and also, uh, just, it's like a state shifter and recognize that when I talk about deliberate cold exposure and at my practice, I'm typically getting fully submerged in a tub that's cold water. That is about, uh, two or three degrees Celsius. So sub 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And there are other, you don't have to start there, but, um, but the period thing is an interesting thing. And then like, we don't have to cycle it with our cycle, but you know, I imagine you feel a little bit like this, which is, that last week that leads up to our period and we have a bit more cravings when we have a bit more, um, insular feeling potentially, you know, intuitively, and we want to be a little bit more, um, secluded. Maybe we're dealing with some PMS symptoms. It depends, right? Women to women. It's very different. I'm always trying to talk women out of their PMS symptoms. It's sometimes it's like, I'm so crampy. It might actually help getting cold. But that week for me is like the days leading up to the period. That's typically like the time that I'm most resistant and I can feel that rising in my body. And I can feel that I'm like, "Hmm, I'm quite sensitive right now. Is my allostatic stress load for the day? Plus the fact I'm about to get my period going to just be like over the top. And so there isn't a lot of research around this. It's just what I typically see. And I think the not going upside down, not going because this is, that's an Ayurvedic thing. Don't go upside down when you're on your period. I think Ayurveda medicine is amazing and also interesting. It was sort of designed by uh, males a long time ago. And um, the same with cold. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a story we tell ourselves that we can keep. It's also, I think, highly possible as long as you don't have contraindications to go in the cold any time of the month that feels right. And in order to do that, you want to know what cold feels like to you, you know? Mm. And walk up slowly, as you say. What's interesting, isn't it, is that if you put on a CGM device and you track it, quite often you'll see a blood sugar spike when you go into the cold, right? Yeah. Which presumably is because cortisol is rising momentarily in that anticipatory response to the cold. It just might not be stressing the body long term. I can imagine from a period perspective, 
actually it's probably helping with inflammation. But as you say, you are more sensitive. And you notice, I don't know if you found this, Kristen, but going for a wax, right? If I go for a wax, <laughs> just in that leader, oh my God, the pain. Like, why does it hurt so much more just in and around the time of your period than any other time of the month? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, and yeah. It's amazing that you're saying that, which is a great point. It's like later on today, I'm going for a wax. Also, mm-hmm. the times that my CGM, because I don't know if you're like me, this moment in my life, I have a season for tracking and a season for not tracking and being intuitive. But now I'm like hooked up to like Hanu Health and my biostrap is charging and my O ring on CGM and it's all on my body and I feel like a robot. But it's important to track that data. Um, and my biggest glucose spikes happen when I'm under stress is not. I can do it with food like cassava, which in the States is really big right now as like a keto, you know, grain-free, like have all the cassava you want and chips and everything's made out of cassava, gluten-free pizza with cassava, cassava flour. And that root spikes my glucose, like nobody's business. And so I just, it's not great for me. Right. And that's maybe different for everyone who's listening to this, but that's uh, an important piece. And the stress when I'm running late to something, I can see on my CGM and when I have instantaneous moments, fitness, which is important, like important to state that that's okay. Your body wants to dump glucose to help the muscles function. So we're going to, glucose is going to rise when we're work, doing a workout, but, um, moments of stress where I'm like running out the door 15 minutes behind to get to like an appointment, a meeting, seeing my friends or whatever. I'm actually, it's a psychological response. It's a physiological response, but based on my psychology of knowing I'm late as opposed to, which is the practice for me, as opposed to like, okay, I'm. I can't make 15 minutes in time to add to the clock. So how can I do this as easily as possible? And that's a a big practice for me. And then the cortisol thing, which I, um, when I was talking about labs, I didn't even quite get to, which is like six months ago, Huberman, um, of course, the famed Andrew Huberman on his podcast talked about ice baths, not spiking cortisol. And so, um, the research is, uh, there are a few studies, uh, not a lot. And, um, a lot of people will say, um, I, I read it a lot on, on um, research aggregated websites, right? These wide swaths of statements that are like, does not spike cortisol. It's like, cool. Uh, I want to have a little more research. And then when Andrew spoke about it, I was like, he's not going to not speak about it without research behind it. That's sufficient enough for him to understand that. So for me, I spaz because I would stay away from them in moments where I thought I had a lot of cortisol response going on in my system and I was managing it. And then the minute I heard that, I was like, this is great. Um, it can shift, right? Let's be clear when we're getting in a cold shower, when we're getting an ice bath, when we're getting in cryo, we're creating a sympathetic response in the body. And the beauty of it comes when you get out. So it's like type two fun. It's fun when you're done your body is, uh, you're creating adaptation, And so I think it's important to say too, a lot of times I see women, I don't know how much you love an ice bath. People say to me all the time, no one loves an ice bath. And I'm like, well, I'm like in that camp. And maybe that's why I'm doing it for, you know, part of my, my breath and cold instructor training and and being in this world. But the sitting in the cold sounds scarier than it is. The anticipation of cold is much worse than the cold itself. And so I really encourage females to you can start with a cold shower. Awesome. I don't like to do cryo just because it's so expensive for three minutes. <laughs> and so it's like, fine, it's fun. It helps me sleep, but it's also all the long-term benefits exist in the cold water immersion and really deliberately getting ourselves into a tub of cold water or ice or something, or a cold body of water, if you're lucky enough to live near that. So it's pretty interesting. Cause there's like so much, you know, there's this arsenal of 
literature and we're trying to, to navigate it, especially as females, right? Was we are more sensitive or we're equally as sensitive as we are powerful. So I'm not an advocate of like ice bathing every day as a woman. I think it's a lot for our system hormonally. Mm. I think, um, as you say, like getting started and not going as cold, like you were saying, like the two to three degrees, um, are you talking here? You're talking, yes, centigrade, right? 40 degrees, uh, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit, sub 40 Fahrenheit and like sub five degrees Celsius, which is kind of like a refrigerator, but you can also, I mean, I've read that you can start to get the benefits when you're looking at kind of 11 degrees centigrade sub. So you can start kind of there and then work your way down. I think people sometimes the anticipation, as you say, is so great. And they feel like, wow, I have to go like really, really super cold. (laughs) And then they're, they're totally put off. Whereas actually it's a little bit like with the cold showering, like in terms of thinking about hydrotherapy, actually for detoxification and blood vessel, it's quite good to cycle. And a lot of people find that a really easy way to get started. You mean Um, like contrast, hot and cold? Hot and cold, exactly. So you can do it obviously by going in the sauna if you've got one at home. I love to do that. But if if they haven't, then you can cycle between the hot and the cold in the shower. And sometimes that just makes it, I think however you want to get started, I mean, you're the the expert obviously on this. What have you found is, um, I'm just curious with like exercise training, what have you found is optimal for women who like to exercise a lot um, and how much and how close to exercise they should be having that cold exposure and for how long? Yeah, I mean, the reality is that like with with the short-term benefits that a cold shower brings on, if you were to do a strength training session and then just have like a short cold shower, it's not gonna mitigate, like we, something... uh, we have mTOR in our system when we are, when we're working out, right. And the mTOR is going to create the, the neogenesis to create new muscle so that we are, um, we're basically finally tearing our muscles and then they're rebuilding. And so if you get into the cold, you can stunt the mTOR response. And so if you were like, I'm training to really build a lot of muscle, if you are, this is why I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of women in perimenopausal menopausal years. It's already hard enough to build muscle. Let's not work out and then go sit in the cold ice, but you could get away with a shower. That's like quick. That's cold. Cause sometimes it feels good after a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, but my recommendation is always to stay away from the cold for at least four or five hours after a training. I actually tell people, my clients and women that I work with to get in the cold before a training session. Um, if they're going to choose to do so. That's and- interesting. I like that idea. It's a bit like doing your red light therapy because it improves, improves time to, to yeah. fail. You could actually do a, a red light session, right. an infrared. Yeah. cold shower and then go and strength train. Yeah. And then the, the big thing with contrast, like t- contrast is great and it's a great way to start. And the reality is like, start how you have to don't worry so much about like what's going to happen with your muscle growth potential and all of that. Just like start how you have to, so you can get some practice and contrast is a great way to do it. And then when you truly get to a place where you're contrasting between cold and a hot tub or cold and a sauna, the big thing is like, you have to let the body do the work or you're stunting the benefits. So let's say that I'm in a cold, uh, cold tub, or, uh, let's just say I'm in a cold tub. Cause I like to talk about the immersion part. Cause it's really, it, it is more, I prefer being in a tub of cold water for five minutes versus a five minute cold shower or a three minute cold shower. I just don't like to be pelted with cold water and mm-hmm. only get short-term benefits. It's like, let me get in it. Let me reverse engineer my nervous system to understand how to manage and adapt to stress by using my breath. And then get out. And then it's like a full experience and my body will reap the benefits for at least 24, 36 uh, hours after in a metabolism standpoint, from a metabolism standpoint. And then after that, you know, my cells are like upregulating to make me better. 
But the, the contrast piece is interesting because I see people a lot of times at the gym or the spa or the wherever going from sauna to cold and sauna to cold and sauna to cold back and forth. And it's cool. You're going to get some benefits. And also if you're in the cold for three minutes and then you go right into the sauna, you're not letting your body do the work. You want to have a shiver response. That's where a lot of the beautiful cascade of effects happens. You want to spend, I tell people at least five minutes between the two. So it's like cold, five minutes of a rewarming period, and then hot, hot, five minutes of a cooling period, and then cold. Um, Because if you let the body do the work and you're in hot enough or cold enough, your cold shock proteins and your heat shock proteins are going to get affected. And this is what we want is what we want for creating brown adipose tissue, which is the good fat and uh, helps burn the white fat. You know, usually that's, I'm like halfway through that sentence. And then women who are like, I'm never getting in cold. They're like already in the ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm getting in. <laughs> like, I don't know. What, what did you said? I'm in, I'm in. So, so, yeah. All of that, you know, and I think it's, there's so many beautiful ways to explore the practice of, of you know, it's just in Amsterdam. And I, I loved it because I went to a spa that was like, just, just like a naked spa. And it's like, it's not a fancy spa per se. I mean, it's nice, but everyone's just like naked and going from hot to cold to red light to what, and it's just like easy and nobody's, you know, we tend to be a little bit more conservative minded, I think maybe in the UK or US. Definitely in the They're UK. Just like, when we go to Germany or Switzerland. Yeah. If you go skiing or in Austria and you yeah. come up the slopes and get in the sauna, everyone's going to be in there naked. Yeah. And if you show up in a swimsuit, you actually feel more awkward. So yeah, like it's pretty. That, that, like just the body is this natural, beautiful, physiological thing, all shapes, sizes, colors, everyone's in it to win it. And then you can do cold and you can do hot and you can, and you see, I, I, I watch people cycle in so many different ways all over the world. Um, that I just like, I think that that's like a, a pro tip is let the body do the work. Cause you really want to get max benefit. Yeah. That's a very cool tip. I hadn't kind of thought of it the other way around, actually coming out of the sauna and cooling your body first before you get into the cold it's interesting like the other way i think just felt really intuitive yes you know but actually letting your body cool before you go into the the ice bath that's interesting with the breath work um what do you advise people to do what's the best way for someone listening to this who's a who's a beginner and they're thinking right i'm totally inspired i want to have more brown fat that's it tomorrow morning i'm going to turn the bath to cold and go in <laughs> what's the best way for them to prep themselves uh to that cuz actually when you look at like some of the wim hof stuff if you're doing that properly you can get really quite dizzy and i would say for a for a beginner and lightheaded, that might not be the best way to then just plunge straight into cold. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious what you think for someone who's just getting started in cold. Yeah, for sure. And I, I work the same way with all the beginners and even, even people who are doing advanced protocols. I love Wim. I love his work. I think it's great what he's doing. Let's climb mountains and let's um, in our shorts and let, he's so funny. And, and really it's like tapping people into the power of breath. And he's done that for the world in such a big way. Um, certainly there's other people like James Nestor, who's writing about it and Dan Brule, who's sort of been doing it for 25 years and only recently getting the more and more notoriety, but Wim and his, you know, what he's known for is that super ventilated, hyperventilative type of breath, because it's, it's sensational. It's out there. And he certainly does other kinds of breathwork styles. Um, but with beginners, I really like to, to figure out how women can meet. I say women because I work with so many, but especially because we are sensitive and anyone who's new, male, female, non-binary, any of that, we can start with meeting the ice or meeting the cold with ease because that's a very different 
that's sort of like an, it's the opposite. It doesn't mean either way. It doesn't mean one way is better than the other. I just find that it, it's a way to teach yourself when I'm in a, let's just say I'm driving a car in LA where I used to live and there's massive traffic and people are cutting me off and on their phones and I'm kind of feeling hyper-stressed and I need to make a quick decision to not get hit by another car in a moment. I need to be like focused and calm and, and understanding that my body is like downregulated and it was aware and wide vision as possible. And I won't even know that that's about to happen potentially. And so if I'm sitting in that car doing like a Wim Hof, you know, super ventilated style breath to meet that stress, it's like, I don't, it doesn't work, right? It doesn't manage my stress. It up levels my stress. It tunnels my vision. Like you said, it might make me dizzy please don't do it in a car. But in that example, it's like, what I want to do with people in the cold is like, as it goes in cold, it goes in life. So how can I meet the cold water? This thing that's going to have, I have a simp, everyone has a sympathetic response to icy cold water. How can I get into it and actually breathe in a way that is telling my body that I'm safe and teaching my body how to downregulate best as possible from a breath perspective, easily in cold water. And if I'm sitting in my car and I'm driving and I don't know what's happening or I'm feeling some stress come on, if I match that similar breath style, easily, gracefully breathing, then I can mitigate hopefully the accident or the stress in the car. So I'm trying to, we don't get in the ice to get good at getting in the ice. I know it looks like that on social media. I know everyone's like, I have, you know, the sad part is it's like skin to win. I have one that I did that was about like women's health rights in the States and stuff. And I'm like, I'll put on a bra and panties and go in the ice bath. And like, as much as I can't stand it, that's like the reels that's going to get the most views, which is, you know, I'm just trying to get a message across. So when, when we're going to get into the ice and we're seeing it on social media as a sensational thing, what we're really doing is we're trying to get good at life. We're not trying to get good at being in the ice or get more fans or followers. How do we get better at life? How do we get better at managing stress? So the, that's a long answer to the short one sentence thing, which is I tell people who are new to set themselves up with maybe a two X breath pattern and breathe nasally only. So that means they're breathing in for two and out for four maybe in for four, out for eight. Although initially in the beginning, in for two, out for four is totally plenty of account and using your nose. Now, knowing that you're going to walk into the step into the cold in any way, shower or cryo or anywhere. And your first response is your body's going to go, oh, you're going to have a response. Let that give yourself a second, two seconds, three seconds to have that response, whatever it is. Maybe you, okay, a couple breaths out, but then settle yourself in, breathe into the lower lobes, lower belly, and use your nose and breathe in for two and out for four. And like over and over again, that's like a good way to, to serve your body in a, in, in a stressful environment so that you are keeping yourself aware and focused and in a calm state best, best you can. And that, that applies to life. And so that's, that's the way I like people to start out. It doesn't mean you can't do the other thing, but the other thing is like, it makes sense in the sense of super ventilated Wim breathing, Wim Hof style breathing that we see so often is exciting the body. It is like an attempt at matching what you're about to get into to make what you're about to get into easier. Right. Mm -hmm. So it make, they make sense. And it's just two different ways of looking at, um, a situation. I just want to do it coming off of quarantine for three years and everyone highly stressed and anxious. I want to do it in a way where, especially with new people, we're, we're teaching us ourselves how to calm our state and try to relax and unwind versus wind ourselves up. That's interesting. Actually. I like that approach. I, when I do the whim style breathing, I actually, 
I feel very relaxed after. I actually don't feel like going and psyching and doing something because when you get that, you know, he talks about being high on your own supply. When you get that kind of quite heady feeling, actually it just feels really nice. And he's, you know, it's localizing or just kind of lie there in Shavasana and just kind of like visualize. It's just very relaxing. Do you know what I mean? But I guess, um, yeah, it's different. I'll do it face down, which is cool too. Have you ever tried this? I haven't tried tried it face down. No. It's like, I'll put my hands over like a little diamond and put my forehead in it and then do some of the wind breathing face down just because it's an interesting perspective when you can fill the back body with like air it's just like it feels different in the body um and always lying down i've like it lying down because i think what you're talking about you get that like floaty sensation mm-hmm. really nice floaty sensation yeah. um let's talk about fitness right because both of us are kind of into strength training, general fitness, and optimizing it around female hormone health. Yeah, um, I want you to t- I want you to lead off and tell us about fitness a bit because I'm so curious as to sort of what your habits are, and I love when I see you just banging some heavy weights on social. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I you know it's funny. I think it's funny because people say to me, "Oh my god, why do you do that? How do you do that kind of thing?" And it's uh, it, the fitness side for me is I think the like body composition I do it for body composition for longevity because I think it's so important and obviously being in my 40s I have to work harder now to maintain that muscle mass however it really like exercise for me for a very long time since I had depression has been uh mental health benefits first so it's kind of like if I wake up and I still I think for, you know, for anyone listening that struggled with clinical depression, they'll recognize that when you've been through that, particularly for a number of years, like I did, you're always, not every day, but you're going to get those days where it's just a battle. It's a battle to kind of really spark that positive mindset in the morning. And for me, exercise is my go-to. So I know that I just feel so much better when I've done it. And it doesn't seem to matter, interestingly, whether I've done something high intensity, whether I've strength trained, all different kind of repetitions. It's just moving my body, going out for like a fully nasal breathing run. I love because you just come back in that, that Zen state and you've been out in the fresh air. But I, it's interesting because the way I've been playing with it is we don't have that much research. And obviously we know that, you know, not going too hard in the luteal phase compared to the follicular phase is a, is a positive thing because we're more catabolic. But I find that the biggest stress that's on women is actually psychological stress. Unless you literally are an athlete and you're training for like four to six hours a day, most of the stress that you're experiencing, and I think WHOOP actually now has got better at picking this up with HRV readings, is psychological stress. So I've been looking at, well, what happens while I might not go and do sprint interval training in the luteal phase, what really is the strain on my body as assessed by WHOOP when I'm doing it? And it'll get to like a five. So I don't see that as particularly stressful necessarily. However, I'm careful not to do that in the, in the, in the sort of luteal phase. And so what I do is I tend to, because you, you've got to lift heavy at my age. Yeah. So I've got to go kind of sub six uh, reps to really provide that stimulus. Yes. I still have a very regular, I'm very fortunate to have a very regular menstrual cycle. I haven't needed like hormones, things like that yet. Um, but what I found is that I do feel like I need that more stimulus. Um, and I'm conscious to protect the downside right before I get into my fifties and hit menopause. So I will do the heavy compound lifts in the first two weeks of the month and then kind of move to more like higher repetitions on sort of accessory moves. And then I'll do quite a bit of zone two because I have dogs anyway. So that's easy and I like it. 
And then I will throw in some kind of hit or sprint interval training, maybe once or twice a week on top. And then as I get into ovulation, like past that stage, I tend to, and I'll see my recovery change. And I think for anyone listening to this, when you look at something like, like an, your aura ring, for example, I'll look at that. You want to be tracking your luteal phase metrics against last month's luteal phase, because you can always look under recovered if you're not, because it's measuring you against your follicular phase, most likely, because that's just what you've come through. Um, and so I then, but at that stage, what I tend to do is I will move into more endurance style reps, but then to kind of keep the blood flow, I'll do some instead of resting between sets. So let's say you're doing like 10 to 12 reps at this point, instead of then resting for 30 to 60 seconds on some of those sets, I might do some light cardio uh, just to keep the blood flow going. So I'm working in the cardio that way. And so week three is still kind of a bit stronger than it's going to be by the time I get to week four, which I use then as a, just an opportunity for what I don't want to do. I resist it, but I use, you know, more functional movement patterns. I basically, I should do more yoga. I don't do enough. I'll move to more endurance reps, endurance focused training, and really work on the things that I might not be doing earlier in the month, you know, because when you often with compound lifts, like if you're thinking about squats and deadlifts and rows and things like this, you're only moving in two planes of movement, right? It's kind of front to back. So this is a really good time where you can do like clock lunges or lateral lunges, or you can use the cables and do twists and work on all building up and doing injury prevention work. So that's kind of how I do it. And actually keeps the month really fun. But I'm yeah. super curious to see what you do, Kristen. Yeah, there's, it's so beautiful. I love, it's like, it's just, um, this is why we have to continue. Everyone who's listening to this is why you have to continue to do research around your body and the way that you train. It's such a beautiful cadence and pace of everything that you just outlined. It's like how you're working in these different modalities. And it's the, it's the, this is the rub of, you know, if men had the patterns we had when it came to hormones over the course of 30 days or 28 days or whatever it might be, there would be 50 or more you know, cycling with your cycle workout programs that were laid out and easy to use and apps and all of this. And we've been training like males for so long. It doesn't mean it's not going to work to some extent. It's still mobility and training and lifting heavy shit. And that's great. And we can do it so differently. And just what you described is such a beautiful, I, I, I train similarly, I would say, um, my period's been like doing this 26 day, 32 day, like it's starting to have some interesting fluctuation. Um, so that's like made it more challenging as I'm getting slightly uh, dysregulated and that's fine. It's just like comes with getting older and I'm layering in really the biggest, it's what I call with clients max effort week is like the seven days from like day six to six to 16 is 10 days. So it depends sort of on the client length of their period and like their cycle. It's about a week's worth of time where it's like max effort, where I will be like, okay, when can I lift weights and can I do it every day or like with only one rest day in there? And so it's the time that I have our bodies just physiologically. And I want to mention too, that I'm not on any form of birth control oral contraceptive, as you already know, is a, um, it's a whole gamification of figuring out how you can get partial results from hormones that are not really your real hormones. And, um, I never like to tell anyone what to do, but, uh, oral contraception and, uh, hormonal birth control can really be 
just challenges this whole paradigm. Right. And then, um, the same thing happens with perimenopause and menopausal clients. It's like, we have, there's just like, there's hormones and who knows, and how do we, so there's, it's working in that realm. But, um, I like to have like a go big maximum effort week where it's like strong, steady and slow. It's like, you're talking about these compound movements, really lifting heavy. Um, I love that you're like, I'm lifting heavy and low reps because that's where I am in my age, my lifespan. And I want to say to every single woman that's listening to this podcast right now, that it doesn't matter where you are in your lifespan. You need to be lifting heavy and you need to be lowering your reps. If I had a nickel for every time someone came to me and said, but I'm just plateauing and I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, it's like they're in the gym doing like accessory movement or they're lifting, like they're deadlifting 80 pounds, you know, 15 times, six sets. And, and, and it's like, of course you're not moving. You're, you're not giving your body any stimulus at this point. It's like, cool. I can do that with my eyes closed. And so the psychology of it, of it is, is it's so important. And then there's enough research that we can see where the connectivity between thinking about moving a muscle instead of like texting or social media or looking at the cute person across the way from you, thinking about doing the work actually potentiates better work. So it's like, how can you get in, lift heavy, do compound movements? And especially during that time of your cycle where it's important. And, um, I love that you said like doing sub six or six reps, because it's like, that's that last rep on three sets, three sets of six should feel like I can't do it. It should feel like failure. We don't want to be failures as women, but this is not about that at all. This is about getting better because you are riding your edge. So that's like, to me, the most important time of the month. Um, and then I do a lot of what you do. Like I haven't been good about yoga lately, but I do love yoga. I taught yoga for seven years and, um, mobility work I've been doing, but I also will like, I'll do more sauna. I'll do like more sauna protocols in that last week of the month. Cause I'm like, well, I'm getting steady state while I'm just sitting on my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the best thing. I love that. When you look at your heart rate, just going up into that zone too. And you're like, and all I'm doing is just sitting here. Like hanging out. I'm like, you know, yeah. sweating, I'm daydreaming. Or I'm like, you know, uh, down regulation is the, um, you know, we teach what we need. Uh, I'm constantly talking to the women I work with and the communities I'm working in about, you know, what's your downregulation buffet or menu look like, you know, what are the, the seven things you love to do, or maybe you don't love so much, but you have as options to downregulate. How do you calm your state? How do you recover? And then most importantly, after I'm done with any kind of training, I always take like three minutes and put my legs up the wall or on a bench or lie on the floor almost immediately after which doesn't go, it's like odd at the spin studio. <laughs> Have you, I don't know if you do any of these breathwork things after training or whatever. We just, I'm setting my system up to recover immediately instead of the hour of the weird, like sweating nervous system fluctuation that happens. So I want to just downregulate and do that same breathing pattern. We talked about in the ice two X breathing for three to five minutes after any big class or big lift session or what have you more important than, than getting the hour in, if you only have 45 minutes, it's like 40 minutes of working out five minutes of downregulated breath right at the end. But at the spin studio here in Texas, I like lie down. There's no, it's just designed with a flow that there's like really no like wall. It doesn't have like bike or clothes or things that are being sold on it. And so there's like one little wacky, like central bench where everybody's then changing back into their regular shoes. And I lay on the floor on my little towel, which is like it's not gnarly, but I'm on the floor, like in between people and my legs are up on this bench. And I'm always like, Oh, I'm just doing some breath work. And every time somebody will flag my instructor who stands at like the front and be like, is she okay? 
just check. Like, like, What's wrong with the girl on the floor? She's not doing so well. And so it's just like funny that these things are not more woven into the work we're doing or the spaces we're doing. I used to do it in the bike room and then the women come around with the, um, the spray <laughs> and they're like spraying over me and I'm just like breathing oh, the cleaner. So you know, it's like, these are the funny instances that it's like, you have to sometimes, I think you see this, especially if you're cycling with your fitness, with your cycle, women might come to you and be like, I feel like, you know, there's an internal dialogue. That's like, I feel like the strange one or the weird one, or that, why am I doing this? Or, uh, but no one else is doing this. It's like, we're all learning together. And this is the experimentation and the practice of fitness training. And uh, the fact that you're nasal running, like out there doing runs, like I know you had Patrick on and, and he's so amazing to talk about all the ways that we can use nasal breathing to train. And so doing that run is so good for your body and so good for your breath mechanics and your pelvic floor and everything. And so, and so relaxing. Like when you come back, it's like the best form of meditation. Cause I was having that conversation actually with uh, one of my groups today and they were saying, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I work up? And it's like the same as you with the cold exposure, right? Just take it really slow. If you can only nasal. and Patrick, by the way, has amazing videos for anyone listening on how to unblock a stuffy nose, if you have that. But then when you start and you've unblocked the nose, and you start running and you're speaking to someone who has asthma. In fact, he called me out on my first interview on how dysregulated my breathing was from asthma because I have, after pneumonia, I had infection-induced asthma. But um, so you're hearing from someone who struggles with breathing and if you develop it, and as you say, it is about just accepting the failure, right? If you can only nasally breathe for three minutes and then you've got to walk, it doesn't matter. Like it's so worth the investment of your time of like run, walk or jog, walk, jog, walk like this. And then eventually, you build up until you can go 30 to 40 minutes and when you come back all that muscle tension anything you've experienced just falls and melts away like it's so amazing yeah it's a whole different state of recovery right and it's like and you're a runner like i you know i see your physique i know that you're super fit it doesn't need to be even scary if people are like i'm not a runner it's like you can power walk and nasal breathe you can regular walk and nasal breathe right let's like we leave no 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 stone unturned. And I have quite often I'll have women do, um, who don't want to run the lunges. So it's like lunge, uh, demi lunge, right? So this is a little lunge or an, a full lunge. And it's just like nasal breathe and adjust your lunge height or your turn it into a walk. When you start to feel like, Oh, I have to breathe through my mouth. And the good news is if you need to open your mouth, just take a breath, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm freaking out. I need to open my mouth. Okay, fine. Um, and so there's so many ways to train that. And it, and it's, yeah, I, I'm very aligned with the way that you're, ways that you're training. I, I like to cheat the system the last, some, sometimes during when I do like a presentation or talk at a conference, someone's like, so do I have to train it all the last week of the month, the last week before my period? And I'm, I'm like, I want to say like, it's a great time. We need to all be moving every day. And also if you're going to cheat the system and just do the easier stuff or throw yourself in a sauna, like that's a great week to do it. I like, I get a little bit more, um, I'm really extroverted. And so I, I, for me, I feel like, oh, I'm, I feel really insular and I feel like I want to like journal and stuff those, those last few days. And I know that my period is then coming, which is sort of a help a barometer with the fluctuations I'm having, but you know, that's mm. a, I'm pretty aligned with you. I think the biggest thing that I see, I don't know if you're seeing this in your communities, is just like the resistance to the strength training and mm. body resistant training is awesome. You know, right? if you're like, Hey, I'm just, I'm doing a plank cold. I'm doing, you can do that. There's just no substitute for like finding ways to safe and effect safely and effectively lift heavy weight. I mean, just get out there and, and, and 
this is why personal trainers are great. You know, I, I will do this with some of my one-on-one clients because I have this background and certification, but it's like a lot of the people I'm working with also will have, a, they'll get like five personal training sessions as an investment and say to the trainer, I don't need you forever, but what I'd really love is if we could go through the major movements and biomechanically, you could coach me because once you know them, as you know, you can like start racking your own weight and like how badass do you feel? If anyone hasn't seen you on these like racks or whatever, when you're training, it's like a back <laughs> squat with a barbell or like, it's awesome. Like how bad you, you feel like I just accomplished some shit and I don't care that there's, you know, there's plenty of, I've had plenty of like gym fails where I like drop a weight or a bar, like, and there's four dudes around like, Oh, who's this ding dong who doesn't know how to use it. Like, it doesn't matter. You just learn, you get better. And then there's plenty of, there's plenty of men that I see that just from my background that I'm like, well, that's not exactly the optimal way to do that move. I'm certainly not going to go over to them in the gym and say, why don't you try this? It'd be better. But you know, we're all learning from each other. And this is like failure. How do we fail faster and make it fun? Definitely. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And don't worry about the fact that there's just so many men in the weights room. Like, don't let it deter you. I think a lot of women are scared. I go in there and it's like, there's so many men. (laughs) I think one day I posted, I was like, where are all the women going? But anyway, um, I think the other thing is why I say to people listening is remember, this is heavy for you. So like I was having this conversation with Mike Matthews, uh, who I love. I think his work's amazing. Um, and you know, it's so much harder to get the results, like the changes in somebody who's highly trained than it is somebody who isn't trained. And I think understand that the less you do in the beginning, you're going to get results anyway. So you don't have to suddenly go, Oh my God, I've got to do split body parts and I've got to go five days out of seven and all this actually two to three times a week. And what's heavy for you is going to be a result because if you've been used to just doing Pilates and just your own body, adding any kind of resistance is now going to be providing a form of stimulus and then you work up heavier over time Um, and I think that's the thing is and I think sometimes women feel a bit self-conscious because they think well I'm not going to be lifting that heavy and everyone's like loading up the bar maybe just the bar is the right thing for you to start with you know and as you get a trainer because posturally that's the biggest thing is don't get injured like learn how to do the lifts first and you would never start with three to six reps you would start with kind of 10, 12, 15 reps and a lower weight to build all the movement patterns for a few weeks. And then when you're confident, start dropping the reps down. Yeah. Yeah. And that bar comment you made is important because this is like how I biomechanically learned to do barbell lifts and, and even with dumbbells, just starting with smaller ones to get the understanding of if it's a compound movement or if it's just a simple movement, but really just working with the bar. And when you're sitting in a room where everybody's just like, let's also be clear that sometimes the biggest workout I have is when I have to deload the bar that some muscle head male or female (laughs) left on. It's like, this is a 400 pound weights on a bar. And I'm having to pull off like 25 and 50 pound plates one at a time. And then like, that's like my pre-workout. I don't even understand. (laughs) Please re-rack your weights people. Um, Please re-rack them in order. I, do you know what? I have this thing with OCD. We went in, our gym was closed for like, I think it was 72 hours where they closed it for a a deep clean that they do. And everything was put back beautifully. Like it was so nice. You know how the orders do, the weight plates decrease in size. And I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, this just appeals to exactly how I have my house. Everything has to be perfectly. And then people go in and then it's like, they're all out of order. It drives me crazy. It's just like, it's just my thing. I wish they would put them back in order, but anyway, (laughs) it's all fun. 
no, it's all fun. And it's just like, yeah, you get on the bar and you're like, cool. The bar, I love it. I'm on the bar. The bars could be like 15 pounds. I don't know what they are. Are you up to like 45 pounds? The fact that they call the heaviest one, the men's bar and the lighter one, the women's bar is also like hysterical. Oh, Cause here we have them. They're all, um, basically what they call an Olympic bar. So they're all 20 kilos. Oh, they are. We have I think they have some slightly shorter ones, but they're mostly all just an Olympic bar. There's like a learning bar that you'll find sometimes it's around, I don't know what it is in kilos, 15 pounds. And then you'll have a 35 pound and a 45 pound. And when you go to a place, sometimes the 35 pound ones are pink. That's even more annoying. Oh, <laughs> and they really, that's go, hilarious. They make, they, make, well, they make pink ones. And then, um, and then the, I, I don't, and I won't rack a 45 pound bar. I'd rather rack on a 35 bar bar. It's like what I'm used to. And that's why, but it's just like, it's also just, you know, it's 10 pounds, either use it on plates or use it on the bar. Yeah. Um, and then also we're talking about barbells and dumbbells, which are also, you know, I love those because they are not attached to anything. If you know how to use them correctly, because then you have to use the most important thing. Let's stop doing 5,000 squats. I mean, 5,000 crunches. You have to use your core muscles in order to lift those things. You have to engage them the entire time. You know, you want to get a six pack of abs. It's not about doing a thousand crunches. It's also about moving your bodies in other, in other ways and spaces and verticals with heavy weight, because you have to have intra-abdominal pressure to be able to build that core. And so that's so critical to do. And also if you're nervous about those things, right. I'm sure your gym has this too. There's 4,000 machines that are like, everything's attached and it gives you directions. And you can, if you let it go, it's not going to hurt you. And even when I was, was it, when I was over for HOS, I went to a, I was in Amsterdam and they had like this amazing booty blaster machine where you like strap in your seat, but we don't, I don't, haven't seen them in the States. Oh, I've seen those on like so cool. up yeah, and it's cool. like all, do you follow <laughs> Brett Contreras? I don't follow, actually, I don't know if I follow him, but I know who you mean because he's the, he's, I've got one of his all on the glute guy. Yeah. I've got it yeah. on my shelf actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, he's just rad because he's, his clientele is like 90% female and he really debunks a lot of myths and it's just nice to go and see a lot of his women are training to get on stage, right. To comp, to be in competitions. And, but it's nice to see before and afters and that it's taken some women he's worked with three, four five plus years. And we don't all have to be like in clear heels on stage posing. Like it doesn't, if that's not our goal, that's fine. But he just really makes it accessible. He makes it, I have a number of clients that will show up to me and say, I want a good home program. or I want a good program I can print out. And, and um, he has a program that's like called booty by Brett that I just, you know, no affiliation. I just, I like it because it's a lot of strong women being like, hell yeah, I just did that. Like I just squatted or I, um, hip thrust 350 pounds, which is no joke. And also you look at the pictures of the women and they're not Arnold Schwarzenegger thick. They're, 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 they're feminine. I mean, some of them are stage training, right? They're getting muscular, but you see them in jeans and it's just like, Oh, I can lift that much weight with my glutes and have them be like firm and tight and small. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get big. Right. Do you have that with people coming to you saying, I don't want to lift too much. So I'll get big. Yeah. But it it's the biggest misconception, right? Because generally what I found is when I'm in a lifting and like, say, for example, I did an experiment during lockdown when all the gyms were closed and I was like, right, I'm just, cause I'm kind of like, I might do my nasal runs. I prefer hiking. 
than normal just running. Like I don't really go for a jog, so to speak, because that kind of gray zone training, I don't really like. I don't think you get as good results. But because it was locked down, um, I was just like, I'm going to get a running coach and I'm just going to try this. I just want to see, right? And I just, all I'm going to do is run. And the body composition, oh my God, I absolutely hated it. Everything was a bit softer. I just didn't, I actually did thicken up around my waist, right? Which is what I tell everyone, like this constant jogging is causing higher cortisol and that you're not getting what you want. When you start to strength train, you're just going to go smaller. Everything's going to go and in and you get those lovely, when we talk about curves, those curves come from, and everyone has a different type, right? So I think in terms of their perception, you want to look how you want to look in the mirror. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. I just want people to understand that if you think you're going to get bigger in the gym, you're unlikely to, unless you're really eating a lot or kind of a lot of fat. So yes, you can have like intramuscular fat and you can have fat over your muscles, but if you're having to help, which helps recovery anyway, a decent amount of protein, likelihood is you're just going to get these really beautiful lines and just go a bit smaller. And then it's up to you how far you want to go, right? That's very, very individual. And um, everyone has a different size and I think a different perception of what they like and also a different body type, right? I think, you know, if you're naturally more of an ectomorph, you're just going to find it really hard to get big. It's not going to be easy. Even as a guy, it would be hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the protein thing, we should, we should talk about the protein thing. The protein thing and the food thing is so important, um, to that whole experience. And this whole, there's this beautiful misnomer. We use it a lot on North America. Um, I'm going to build lean muscle. It's like, what, what is that? Like, you're going to build muscle and it's going to make you leaner. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you can't build like lean muscle and thick muscle. I mean, yes. Like you can use hypertrophy in different ways, which is just like the way you can build muscle. And also you can have moments where like, that's also, you have, I'm sure seen this. There'll be a week that I might be like working out tremendously, but I'm, and I've created some inflammation. It's intentional inflammation so that I can have protein muscle, muscle protein synthesis happen and get muscle where my body is a little puffier. And that's because I'm working out a lot and it's not real weight and it's not real size. And it's not like I'm talking inches. I'm saying it feels a little bit puffier because maybe I'm going harder at the gym, but all of that is again, like putting that stressor into the muscle to be able to adapt. And what happens at the end is that you get tighter, stronger, leaner. And that's the thing that I think, you know, if, if we're, if you're listening right now and you're like getting on the scale every day and you're like, well, I feel like this every day, I want to uh, invite you to really start leaving yourself post-it notes or get a dry erase marker and write the things that uh, one thing every day on your mirror that you think, or post every day on your mirror, one thing that you think positive about yourself. One thing that you think is beautiful about yourself. One thing that your mom says, or your lover says, or your best friend tells you. And if you don't know, call them and we'd spend a lot of time obsessing about what we look like or don't look like in the mirror yet. And we only get this moment, this day, you know, every day. And so I have a lot of women that actually do that. I write on my dry erase. I have a sign over on my, I write on a dry erase marker on my mirror. I have a sign over my bathroom hallway, like um, my bathroom doorway that says you are effing magic because it's just like a reminder if I'm leaving and I've just beaten myself up a bit in the mirror about anything about aging or weight, whatever, whatever, right? We all are going to do it. Even if it's like, Oh, I caught myself. Nobody's, nobody's not going to do that. Men, women, everyone included, but I find, and, and I don't know if you see this, but I just find women are so, we're so hard on ourselves. So you know? 
and the like everyday scale and the everyday it's like just you if no matter who you are what you're doing and you're out there you're having this conversation with us right now you're an incredible amazing beautiful female or male but females like you have so many special gifts that no one else has and that's not about being woo woo that's just about what are they lean into them keep doing the work small consistencies every day right is what gets us to the long term goal and um yeah i'm just i i we cause a lot of our cells are listening that's what my partner would say our cells are listening when we are talking to ourselves in the mirror in negative ways or just in general our cells are listening and it's like something that's potentiating us in the wrong direction for you know our mental health and for uh, the way we show up in the world i see that I a lot as well i love that and i think um i think what you say there is so important Kristen, because you know, when people beat themselves up, I think they don't realize that actually it perpetuates the very behavior that they didn't want in the first place. And so it's kind of like, you know, oh my God, I hate, why do I get so many cravings and why do they then give into it? And you're in this stress state all the time, which drives more cravings. And then you go and eat and then you beat yourself up and then you weigh yourself. And I just don't really like clients to weigh themselves particularly. I think weighing yourself occasionally to keep an eye is a great idea. Taking some measurements if you have body composition goals and if you can get your body fat percentage done. Um, but even just taking some tape measure measurements and just how you look in the mirror and then look at the change, you know, it's so powerful. Like I have clients and they'll say, I didn't think I was really massively losing weight and the scales wasn't showing like dramatic amounts of weight loss, but I look in the mirror and I look dramatically so different because muscle weighs more than fat. And it's like, why don't you go by the look and feel of your clothes? And if you look and you just feel great, you feel fantastic then we know we've got the right result. That's all we need. Because in any case, women's weights like can change in a day just so dramatically. It's just, I don't want you weighing yourself because then you also you've put it, you're not in control anymore, right? What the situation is controlling you because whatever that number says now controls your mood. And that's just never a great thing. Yeah. And in our cycling years, like Stacey Sims, I do, I, I do a lot of her programming and um, Stacey Sims, talks a lot about like, there's a blood plasma shift in our body. And, you know, you look at it, it could be two pounds for one woman. It could be seven for another. So like that blood plasma is like growing and shrinking, right? It's like an increase and decrease. And that's like, um, it's based on our hormonal profile and we can't, not much you can do about that. Right. I'm not talking about this thing that we talk about. That's like, what I have water weight. It's that's different. This is like blood plasma. And so there's so many different variables. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you just said that it perpetuate, it, 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 it continues the cycle, continues the vicious cycle. There's a, there's a, you know, like if you talk about limbic looping or just ruminating in your brain or any of that stuff, it's like, there's a, like, could you just take a moment and say, okay, I'm going to, a lot of times I'll do this with breath with clients, which is like, you want the cookie or whatever, sit down and do three minutes of a specific style of breath work. Maybe even it's like more like that whim breath work we talked about, a super ventilated breath or lay down and do some breath work. And if you still want it in this to the same level, then have it after the three minutes. And quite often you'll see if you calm your nervous system or you shift your state, that craving goes away. I am, um, I've been spending a, you know, quarantine did this for me and a lot of people, I don't know if you felt like this, but I just, we, I was in my house more 
even when I had that ice bath on my roof in LA, I was like, I didn't go in it for two months. And it was like, I'm private. It's my own little rooftop. I have an ice bath. And I like, didn't go in it. Cause I was like, but it's COVID it's quarantine. Like it just is like, that was the energy behind the action of media. And I finally was like, why am I not going my ice bath on my roof? Like, this is a healthy practice. Let me like get my, my booty back in there. There's this, there's this like notion that if we continue to go and, um, like unwind and take the space and it doesn't have to be an ice bath, but it could be a walk outside. I got so stuck inside for so long for so like, and if I'm sure if you measured my hours indoors, pre pandemic, post pandemic, I'm still not perfectly where I want to be now. And I intentionally go outside in nature, but I just went and I spoke at a, a conference, a gathering on breathwork in Amsterdam that was held predominantly in this outdoor tent and the fire in the middle of the tent. It was the coolest thing ever, but you're sitting on the ground, right? And you're watching a lot of talks and a lot of it's experiential and you're out in nature for lunch. You bring your plate outside. And I did that for six days and nine hours a day. I was like on earth in trees just outside of Amsterdam, a couple hours. Right. And I came back my period came on time regulated with some of the other females there. I felt like there's a lot of transformational stuff happening. So you're having a lot of feels during the week. And also when I came home, I felt like, Oh my goodness, I'm grounded. I'm meant my mental clarity is totally shifted. No cravings. I'm so motivated. I'm, and there's, I am not, it is not lost on me that that is the predominant result of being in nature for so long. Yeah. I just, I, it's like outside, it changes the game. It's like this, it's a simple tool like breathing, like whatever, but, but that, that piece of the, the grounding, like you talk about this too, but that I'm just, it's a continual reminder for me that coming home from that, I was like, Oh, I'm not in nature enough. I even like went, I found like this little like resorty outdoorsy by the lake kayaking thing. And I went like on a staycation 30 minutes from here the weekend after I get back. Cause I was like, I need to just go sit on more grass and all this stuff. I have no grass left here. Cause it's 110 degrees. It just killed my whole lawn. <laughs> <laughs> This is in Texas now. You yeah, moved to Texas. I moved to Texas from LA. Yeah, a year, just a year ago now. How is it? Hot. Hot. <laughs> I mean, it's hot. We had a really, hot summer, we had a really hot summer here. We had a really hot summer here. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, been, it's been crushing. We we had a heat wave for a month or so, and I, I I moved just after August, so I missed the summer last year, and so this was like my first official summer, and it was like one of the hottest on record. It's not like this all year. It's pretty beautiful. And the community is really why I moved here is the people are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so any last things before we kind of, I was like, it's been really fun chatting to you. I think we have to do a part two for people. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. I think I just, I would love to, I want to get, I like to always ask to, uh, you know, just from a, a female biohacking perspective, just from your perspective, like, what are the, are there three keys that you're like right now, maybe it's right now, or maybe it's just long-term that you're like, these are must do's that are, let's just say out of a baseline, um, normal potential health optimization tool that you're really like vibing on right now that you're really like, this supplement is the game changer or this thing I've really done, um, you know, hormonally, and which is the big question I always get, which is like, thank you so much for, for doing the stuff you're doing with, um, analyzing and sharing and, and, and doing your group around the, the Dutch, because the more I continue to learn about that, the more I've gone through my results and, and, and seen what they're doing, the more it's just like such a good, it's such a good test. Such a good test. I get, I, I always think it's a shame actually 
when um because i think serum tests blood serum tests are really important and work really well for you know like doctors using them with replacement therapy and things but i think sometimes when people really overlook it and dismiss it and just say it's not good tests i think it's such a good test because it really i'm i think my biggest thing like you kristen is to empower women to become the ceo of their health i just want to educate them and help them understand so they can come back and we've pretty much completed a, a program i've run on the dutch test and i wanted them to be able to learn how to interpret those results and then come back and if they want to retest in six months time it's all there they understand it because it's like understanding you were talking at the beginning around cortisol and your stress and understanding like what is your body doing like what's the baseline that we've looked at when we've taken a snapshot that day and is your body trying to protect you from further stress is it making cortisol available is your dhea like matching up you know have you got enough dhea to counter the stress that you're under because everyone's under stress you know we've come out of a pandemic for two years and now we're looking at you know the, everything in the news and i don't like to read the news but it is literally everywhere you look is talking about financial concerns and i think that really is worrying for people because that threatens you know your very survival mechanism right in your head and so understanding your stress and developing resilience through things like you teach like the cold exposure the ice baths the fitness work all of these things the breath work is so important um and i think that if you can understand your baseline where am i in between you can use wearables to track those metrics like both you and i are trying out hanu you can look at you know where a whoop and an aura and comparing those metrics what's going on i think they're so valuable and just understanding so you can really take control of your health and then understand how is that affecting my sex hormones because you know looking at estrogen for example women don't understand that when they're getting certain symptoms it might not be the level of estrogen per se but it's the pathways it's going down and what can you do to correct those pathways and it's that's the very concept really of biohacking is to understand your body and um to really i kind of use the term more often biosyncing because i think we want to sync with our biology and it just feels a bit more feminine and intuitive to me because it's sort of hacking into something that sounds very masculine or kind of technology based oh, i love that um, let's make that a hashtag <laughs> sort of, yeah i've been sharing quite a bit about it because i think that um and I have a new program now all about biosyncing and syncing with rhythms, right? It's not just about your hormones that you want to sync with, but it's about syncing with ultradian and fradian rhythms, but also your circadian rhythm. I just think this concept's really important. And so understanding like, you know, not just taking, because someone says on social media, DIM's amazing. Yes, it is an amazing supplement, but it's amazing if you're going to use it because your estrogen is high and you want to shift a pathway. But actually, if the pathway you want to shift, but estrogen overall is low, it could actually just bring on symptoms for you, yeah. you know? And so I think it's about really understanding the mechanics and the more, you know, you and I can educate women so they really understand this. It surprises me. I don't know about you, but here in the UK, how many women I have that they come and they talk about, um, they talk about like they've been to see their doctor and something will be high. And they are not even informed of it. They're not, it's just like, oh yeah, that was your blood test. Like, why is nothing being done about it? And I just think it's frustrating or they might have subclinical hypothyroidism. So it's just not being dealt with um, because it's kind of not bad enough. But why do we have to wait for things to get bad? If you've got symptoms and it doesn't feel right, it isn't right. And I think just really dig deep and work with someone who's going to look at your lab work and understand it. And a bit like we talk about functional training, let's look at, you know, how can we functionally 
like look at your nutrition from a functional health perspective, your stress levels, your sleep, all these things, because the beauty is when you put all those things together, the body inherently knows what to do. Uh, yeah. And the mindset. So powerful. I loved what you said about your partner talking about your cells, uh, hear what you say, because it's so true. And then that's when, you know, like you, you can't leave the mindset piece out because, you know, that's how Joe Dispenza talks about the body controls the mind then, right? Because the cells are so like wrapped in these neurochemicals that you keep releasing and these hormones of stress that now it's driving it. And even what you think you want to do, you're subconsciously leading you in another direction. And so I think it's about not taking parts of the body, but really looking at it as a whole and understanding the mechanics and really trying to optimize your health and, and really just live the best life you can. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so we can show up for other people, right? We don't show up for ourselves or we're not taking care of ourselves or we're last on the list and we can't show up in the best and the brightest way. And those ranges on those lab, on the lab work, I was like last night, I posted last night in my stories, like everyone else is up doing like Netflix and chill. And I'm watching videos on lab work dissection, like <laughs> ranges of different styles of lab work and how that, you know, um, my mentor would say like how you're finding the head of the snake, right? So there's all of these things going on in your body. Maybe your estrogen pathways are blocked or what it's like, how do we get to the head of the snake? Like what the root cause of the issues. And so this is, it's, it's why people work with you. It's why people come work with me or functional medicine people or, you know, whoever, because it's, it's getting someone good who understands the range to say, Hey, I have like one little breadcrumb on the trail that maybe there's a gut health issue. And, and, as I start to pull the pieces together, it's like, now I can see why vitamin D is low and what pathway is not detoxing well. And, you know, especially with all the environmental stuff, it's like the, the future of medicine in some way is like what we take out of our body versus what we're, we're putting in. But the ranges on those labs are like, you're green. It's cool. It's like the range is 11 to 90 on something. And it's like, well, you're at 12, but like, you're fine because it's like not dis-ease yet. Right. The, all that lab work is set up to like red flag when there is dis-ease in that moment, like to find the bad stuff as it's happening, as opposed to mitigating the bad stuff. And that's why those ranges, and, and I do find this thing where someone will show up and be like, oh, my labs were normal. Uh, or like the doctor's like, oh, I'm gonna put you on extra progesterone. But there's like no conversation around it. Mm. There's no like, there's just, it's like, okay, cool. I got this prescription. Should I take it? I'm like, I, I don't know. Get me on the phone. I do some calls with doctors who are always like, who's this crazy girl that's coaching you. But you know, I'll have a conversation because what I'm really trying to do is advocate for my client because I, they're, 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 we all get, you know, you either get no time in the doctor's office or it's a white lab coat syndrome, which is like scary. Someone just telling you what to do. So you just like do it. Cause you think they know, and you don't know. And we, maybe we don't know, but like to ask the questions and advocate for yourself, especially females to say, why, why are you having me do this? Especially if it's like hormones, right? There's so many different pieces of our neurochemistry. Like, let's just know, like, let's ask a little bit of the why and, um, and it's okay to be nervous and it's okay to get someone to advocate for you. But I see that. Yeah. I see that all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, what about like tech tools or something? What's like, that's the fun wacky hack that's going on. You got, we always got something under the tablecloth. That's like, I'm trying to think, I don't know if it's good or not. Do you know, the biggest thing that I've been playing with recently is, uh, just, I just love the brain tap. I think I've like developed a kind of healthy addiction to it. It's just that Dr. Patrick Porter's voice. I'm just like listening to him twice a day. And uh, when I interviewed him, it was just amazing. Like how many, like he's done like 30,000 brain scans and what he's found and how to train the brain. And I've mm -hmm. been really kind of 
working on it, just trying to train my brain and change the way that it sees things. And I'm starting to see really big changes just in my perception, but also just in like things that I guess just opportunities I see, synchronicities, things like that. Um, it's been really fun to like play with that app. And I think the full sensory experience is amazing because uh, people have been asking me since I released the podcast, you know, um, should I just like do the free trial that he shared and try that? And I think, yeah, definitely go start there because you always want to start where you can. However, you're missing out on the full sensory experience, just the the lights in the ears and the and across the eyes and the isochronic tones and all these different things and the binaural beats. So that for me is really fun. I've also been playing with um, Hanu, uh, looking at my like HRV in real time, which has been insightful. And that's why I say, you know, when you look at women's stress, actually a lot of it I think comes from like psychological stress or just feeling like, oh my God, it's that actually stress perception. Like you were saying, I, I loved what you said earlier in the, in our conversation around you don't get into an ice bath to get good at ice baths. You do it to get, or a cold water exposure to get, you do it to get good at life because it's the same, right? Our stress perception, how we perceive things is so much more important than actually the situation and the reality that it is. And I think that, um, yeah, just that's been interesting to see. And also like, yes, it really does take its toll when you're running around with three kids and you're trying to run a business and you've got a podcast to release and everything's going crazy. Do you know what I mean? It does actually have an impact. And you might have just done yoga because it's week four of the month, but that doesn't really make a huge difference when you've got all this other stuff going on. So those are kind of the things I've been playing with. Um, And also I think like I fell in love with the, supplement nutido um that just, energy too. levels have you tried it since yeah taking yeah it? Oh, just unbelievable yeah, yeah i yeah. like it a lot yeah i, like I see better the name is so wild i was like i'm not sure it, that was the thing that i hesitated a, a year or two ago when i first got it was like what nutido i don't understand the name and but like all the research that's behind that what's in that and sean wells will talk about that as well he's spoken at a, a ton of conferences i've been at and it's a good friend and he'll talk a, a lot about the, the efficacy of, of the supplements that are within that range for longevity, right. And how they're finding more and more, even just like with niacin, like, you know, like there's just more and more research on how it's really, um, flesh, non-flesh, like not the flesh free stuff, but the legit stuff is really helpful from a longevity perspective. So yeah, I'm loving all that. Uh, what have you been playing with? I'm curious. Well, I'm excited to hear you talk about brain, brain tap because I am going into the recording studio next week to record some breath work for that app. Awesome. Yeah. So that will be exciting. That will be fun. And it will be, some of it will be targeted around females and stress and releasing shame Mm. and all of these things on unwinding negative thought patterns. Um, so that'll be fun. They won't all be that serious. Some of them I will make lighthearted and easy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think, you know, I, I, uh, I'm on the amp coil a lot. And so that's like a, that's been an interesting thing in the last like six to eight months for me that I really was like, oh, the jury's out. I don't know, uh, bioacoustic, um, electromagnetic frequency. So it's a test modified Tesla coil. I don't know if you were on it at the conference or you've been on it, but it's like a modified Tesla coil that's wired, wired to an amplification box an amplifier amp coil. That's the name. And, um, it is attached to software that plays frequency tracks. So songs through the coil that you put on your body. And so it's, it's, 
if you go back into the world of looking at each one of our, you know, our, every one of our cells is made up of electrons, every different part of our body, whether it's our skin or our kidneys or whatever is, is oscillating or operating at a different frequency in the, in a, like a Hertz standpoint, like it's measurable, then this is um, a device that is basically singing a song to your cells. Like you put it on your body, you can't really hear it audibly, but it's singing and, and fluctuating at that frequency to be able to create states for the body to realign. And for me, the other piece of it is I'm sitting still for 20 to 50 minutes while I'm using it. And it's a really beautiful opportunity to stack breath work, to stack red light, to stack down regulation. And I was always like, I don't, you know, I see the benefits of like programs like relax all, which is like a nervous system tone thing. And I dig it. It's not inexpensive, but, um, but when I had, I had COVID, uh, I don't know, 18 months ago, a year ago, it was the first time that I was like, oh, I, I ran a bunch of journeys because I was I was pretty intense COVID for two weeks and it really, really, really helped. And it was like, oh, this is there's something really here um, that I dig. And the testimonials are insane what people are sort of using. Well, the it. amp coil. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, let me try this. Yeah. So I, yeah. I dig it. It's like it's much more like subtle body. But um, again, you set up, you're setting up a situation where you're running these frequencies so that the terrain of your body is like, oh, can I, I can heal because everything is feeling um, less dysregulated and people are using it for all sorts of things. You know, I'm sure I can't make any claims, but yeah. And I'm, I'm, and the low hanging fruit is always going to be red light therapy for me too. It's like, I have my panel, I have my flex beam, all my stuff behind me. Like I just, I love to use red light as much as How often do you, um, GG red light therapy? Um, so I have, I have a face mask, I have my flex beam. Uh, so the portable one when I'm on the road is always the flex beam with me. So I've been using that more often. I use it almost every night, uh, on my gut because I got brain connection and just the way I feel when I wake up in the morning. Um, and then I use my panel when I'm home, I'd say like every other day, I think it's totally great to use every day. There's just like moments. If I don't have some other practice to stack with it, I can sit in front of it and meditate. I have a meditation cushion. Normally I just did a podcast with the guy who owns light path led. And so I had brought it in here, but normally it's in the other room in front of my meditation cushion. And, um, if I'm meditating or like having my coffee and, uh, I have nosy neighbors in a big window, so I can't always be standing naked in the window. <laughs> um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and the other thing that I'm like vibing on, which is like, so I want to say it's simple, um, is creatine adding creatine. Oh, yes. Me but too. I wasn't doing creatine. I am a huge fan of creatine. For a very long time. And then I just, the more I was looking into it, the more Sean was talking to me about it a lot. Sean Wells was like, creatine is like, it's every single thing you look at as we're aging, especially as like a woman, we're looking at like bone density loss, we're looking at sarcopenia, muscle loss and things like that. Um, every single thing that we're looking for neurochemically even is in creatine and it's inexpensive. It's typically well-sourced. It's hard to get it wrong. Sure, there's probably crappy brands out there. And in the States, I think I was deterred from it. Cause I was like, oh, it's like muscle milk. Like all of these like brands are like creatine. It's like big bulky gym bros that are like putting all this creatine in their shakes and whatever. And so for years, I just didn't use it very much. Cause I was like, oh, it's like weird. It's for like some bro culture that I don't really get. And that's like my mistake. Right. It's like, I get curious, Kristen, start doing research. And then, you know, Sean talked to me a lot about it and he's, you know, world's greatest supplement formulator. And he knows all the, he's an ingredientologist. So he, he doesn't own a brand, but he is, um, does the ingredient profiling and research. And he's like, it's crazy. It's like, you know, it's an $18 thing that you can get that will last you, you know, 60 to 60 days. Why would you not put a little in your 
mm. and your protein shakes. And I'm really liking it. Um, I find the neurological benefits really good. And also it was very interesting when I interviewed um, Dr. Greg Potter, just about how it helps make up for any sleep deficits. That was just, you know, what put me off is- You're I, like at the store in the middle of the podcast interview, like sleep deficit creatine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's have some more creatine. Well, he put it in a supplement he'd formulated, which was for sleep deficits and, and the benefits of like cacao in the morning as well. So really interesting over coffee. But I- um. Do you know Are what you a caffeine drinker? I'm a caffeine drinker. Yeah. Oh, I Love quit caffeine. coffee eight months ago. I didn't think oh. I could. And I, when I need something, I'll have a little cacao in the morning, but I found like finding a really good dark decaf. Cause I like the ritual and the flavor, but like decaf mm-hmm. sucks. And so I found one coffee that I really like. I just wondered if you were doing caffeine. It was really. No, I like caffeine. I like, like, I mean, I actually don't think coffee. Shift. Pardon? Yeah. What, what made you um, stop coffee? My cortisol scores. Oh, okay. It's like, I don't need any extra. And then I just started to understand, like, I don't know, some, a different style of like evenness. And I will, I will do cacao sometimes, which has a little caffeine. And I know there's like 1% caffeine in decaf and I will do, um, herbal teas a lot. And I will even bulletproof them all. <laughs> it's just, and I'm not anti-caffeine. I love oh, caffeine. Really, that's one thing I really don't like actually is I cannot put any kind of fat or MCT, anything like that in my coffee. Okay. I just, I don't know what it is. It's the, the oiliness, the taste. I just, yeah, I can't, I have to have it black. Yeah. Well, which is nice yeah. for a really nice cup of coffee. And yeah. I, I will bulletproof it. And a lot of times I'm starting early in the morning and I won't really get a chance to eat till 11. Okay. And so I'm like that breakfast at 11. I'm, I'm, I'm conservative on fasting for women. And so, and for my own body too. I'm just conservative on it. And so that's, I'm like, I want to get something in. So I'll typically do aminos and I'll do a bulletproof. And that's like my breakfast, you know, my 10 minute breakfast or whatever I can do. That doesn't feel like I'm shoving too much in my face before I either you go blend to them up together. No aminos. I just put in water. It's like, look, we'll look like this. Just like aminos in water. Sometimes I'll do like lemon or vinegar or something, but I'll mix aminos and, um, electrolytes, salt, what have you. And I'll have a big water and I'll have a big, um, I like a decaf bulletproof. I don't go too crazy with the, I don't want to like overdo the butter and the oil, but I like the, I like the smoothness of it because decaf doesn't really taste good. So I need something. If you're going to like, if I, uh, I'm sure there's moments in eight months, I've had probably four caffeinated coffees where someone brought me one. I think in London, we went out because it was a beautiful coffee bar. I was like, I'm having a full calf coffee. And then, then it feels like when you've been off it so long, then it feels like high. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like probably really hectic. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. I was like, this is amazing, but caffeine has great research and it's excellent like to weave a little bit into your life and around workouts. And it's just, for me, the cortisol scores were just too alarming. And I was like, what are the six things I can take out? What can I, you know, and, and some of that being people <laughs> and stress <laughs> and what are the good I can do, you know, from an adaptogenic standpoint. So like using, um, you know, I use rhodiola a lot, which I really find helpful and has a ton of research and people just don't talk about it enough. And, uh, but more research, even than ashwagandha, which is what most people will take for cortisol. Both of those are just amazing adaptogens, right? They, they if it's too high, it can help mitigate it. And if it's too low, it can help keep it balanced. And, and so that's, I really love, um, yeah. Rhodiola plays really well as well with Shisandra. Yeah. Well together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love adaptogens and mushrooms. I love, I have definitely got into mushrooms over the last, I'd say two years. Um, yeah. 
Magic like and otherwise. What's that? <laughs> magic, <laughs> magic and otherwise. Just actually just the medicinal ones like lion's mane and uh, and reishi and chaga. So like reishi I love at bedtime uh, with yeah. a bit of cacao. She's really nice. Um, and then I have lion's mane works really well pre-workout. But uh, do you know lion's really mane thinking? and cordyceps together is what I will do for a pre-workout. Oh, yeah, that's a very good workout blend, yeah. You know, um, what's interesting is, and you can't get it in the UK, is that um, Bioptimizers have got a supplement. I need to reach out to them called Collagenics, where they've isolated. Oh, Collagenus. Is it Collagenus or something? Yeah, and it's, it's like, it almost one. tastes like chocolate. Oh, here. You can't? No, and it's got a high dose science main and coupled with collagen. And I need to get, I need to get a hold of some. Oh, just um, like. Can you just put, just set, do I have your address? Send me your home address. I'll send you a couple um, containers of it. Oh, you're amazing. It's new. I tried it. Yeah, I have it in I my cabinet right come. now. I was actually going to reach out to them and say, what's happened? Like, why? We always, we're always a bit late. Like, for a long time, you can get their uh, chocolate protein. Now we can get all their nootropics. I was experimenting yeah. with all their stacks. Um, well, they're so fun. <laughs> It's so, so fun. fun, but some of them I was a little bit sensitive when and they said, Don't don't have any caffeine with this in case you're sensitive. And I was like, What the heck? I'm not sensitive, not back two espressos and had it anyway. That's yeah, just wired. Yeah. I was like, it's yeah, like yeah. the first time I had the trochies for the blue canatine. I had no idea. This is like going back three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they come in like the four little squares. Yeah. And uh, so you I just opened in. it up. So I just put the whole one in, went for a run. And I was just on the run. And I sort of feel really nauseous. And they'd, re- I think they'd send them to me via Instagram or something. So I got back and I messaged them and I was like, Are you sure I'm meant to feel like this? And they were like, You're too small to have four. <laughs> you just I was like, What do you mean I had four? I didn't have four. I just had one. And they were like, No, 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 that is four, those little squares. Like, build up from there yeah I think maybe I get a bit crazy sometimes with it I just go oh I'll be fine (laughs) yeah it's fun to experiment you know and um, all these brands that we work with a lot are they're very safe right people are using pharmaceutical grade ingredients and you know I I trust a lot of those players and you're like me you're like doing your research and knowing who's who's up although I've had plenty of fails you know plenty of things I'm like I'm just gonna put these things together and then I'm like oh my god what what did I just do what did I do Yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah I love you so much. This is so nice to have this. Oh, chat. you too. We'll so part two. And seriously, send me your address. I'll get you. I'll I'll ship off this week or this weekend. Even I'll just ship you one, and then you can be like the first it. person to have a college genius in you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have you taken it? And see, yeah, I really like it. I, I it's like I um I interviewed Mark Effinger, who's like Mr. Newts, right? Who's like a new oh, that is Mr. Newts, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like head honcho, and he's just such a lovely guy and so nerdy, which is beautiful. But the he was like, it has like a chocolate flavor in it, like seemingly, and it's really just what it's comprised of. So it's beautiful. I like you can put it in. I put it in my decaf some days. I put it in my smoothies. I put it into you can you could do it just in like water or like warm water if you want. But it's um, do you notice the neurological? effects when you're taking I just like I like don't I was putting regular collagen from time to time in my coffee when I had it in my cabinet I I like collagen for bones and joints I think it's over marketed in the states but this this blend has all of the mushrooms and all the things that you want so instead of like all the little packets and all the it's like all in one and it feels um I don't want to say it feels like nootropic but it feels uh I just feel like energy and I feel even and that feels really nice. I just feel like even and, and in it, you know, yeah. and 
that's sort of like something I would think I would get more from coffee back in the day. And so anything that's going to give me that while I'm off coffee is, is a beautiful opportunity to um, weave it in. It feels like safe and easy to take every day. Whereas some of the other nootropics I'm taking at certain times of the day or certain, like when I have a podcast interview or when I have to do write copy, but I'm like using them wisely. What are you taking then? Um, that's makes me curious. So what are you taking when you're writing copy, for example, when you're being creative, what are you taking? Um, the thing I like, well, for me, there's a, there's a few nectar X I really like, which is, I think it gets, um, it gets me sort of positively motivated to write copy. Cause I want to say, I don't love writing copy. Um, when I get in, once I get into it, I'm in, but mm-hmm. getting motivated to start doing that. So, um, nectar X there's an AM PM formula. I really like, and, um, apex is apex is great. If I'm speaking out copy and then typing Well, I, I, I sort of feel like I have to be talking <laughs> while I'm typing and for podcasts, I really love apex. It's just gives me verbal I acuity. Apex, I must say. Words come to my brain that I, I I've known, but I don't use. And the way that I can, um, navigate explaining something like if I'm talking about like the gas exchange in the lungs, or I just have more verbal acuity and like mental clarity when I'm taking apex apex is one of my favorites out of that, out of that whole box. The box is cool because it's, it's always, I think it's the gateway to learning about nootropics. I mean, I'm a fan of the transcriptions crew too, doing the methylene blue. I like the just blue. I don't, I, don't I prefer well. the just blue. Mm. Yeah. I don't respond well to nicotine, but I, but the whole newtopia setup is such with their app that it's like, okay, you're going to do nectar X today and you're going to try, um, focus savagery, which by the way, like I can't, I don't, <laughs> it's not, it's great. If you need focused savagery, what the names of these are crazy, but, um, but I already have a lot of alpha energy and high focus intensity. And so for me, that's like, if I'm taking that, no one is a nobody wants to be around me. <laughs> that was the one funnily enough that for me was just, it was a bit too much. Uh, yeah. Whereas I love the apex, love the results of that. And also just, uh, well, and like, I love taking the magnesium as well, particularly if I'm like really having a stressful time, I'll just take more. And Wade was like, you can just keep taking it until you end up on the toilet <laughs> effectively. <laughs> but then it's funny because when I did my blood work, they were like, your magnesium is really high. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I take it all the time and Wade's big in cycling in these like a high dose kickoff, you know, like they have like a two week yes, protocol yeah, that's like yeah. three to six pills a day and all of that. And I think that that's cool. I think it's also about like the average person shows up maybe low in magnesium and magnesium is, you know, lots of people talk about like three, it's a cofactor and 300 physiological functions of the body. But when you really look at the research, it's like over 600 things that our body does like neurologically, physiologically with magnesium. So we need it. And yeah, his, the bioptimizers magnesium breakthrough is like second to none. I just, I really, I really vibe with it. Yeah. It's like one of the, one of the, one of the, the big three that I tell people that tell women I work with, is like, you got to get that magnesium in, but yeah, like dosage is everything, right? You got to know what you need. Yeah. You got to know what you need. And it's interesting as well. Like, um, I'm not saying people should go and do this, but when I've given it to my kids, they sleep super well. Like Mm. if they're having problems sleeping, but anyone I've recommended that magnesium to, they literally, if it goes out of stock, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, Angela, like the magnesium has been out of stock. How do I get it? Because everyone falls in love with it. I think that's the thing. It's just so good. So yeah, yeah amazing. Oh, it's been so fun. It's been so fun. Been I literally, so fun. I love your work. I can't wait to it share great. it with uh, my listeners. Um, yeah. and will, you so tell, will you tell everyone right now so that when I'm sharing it on Wellpower, um, where they can find you and uh, the programs that you're, you're 
weaving into the world of wellness right now? Yes, I would love to do that. So um, I, where can they find me? So my main website is Angela Foster Performance. You can go and find all the podcasts there. Podcast obviously is High Performance Health. Um, and if you want to get yourself a kind of a free health check with a personalized report on my sort of shift protocol, you can go to yourtotalhealthcheck.com and we'll give you scores and stuff and send you a report with recommendations of how you can improve um, I love just everything about women's women's. I have a kind of biohacking membership called the Female Biohacker Collective, which you can find on my website. And my latest project now, uh, which is really exciting, is a brand new program called Biosyncing, which is putting everything in terms of putting what we've been talking about, just, you know, breath work, circadian rhythm alignment, hormonal health, nutrition, genetics, all these things together. Uh, brain health and how to optimize different brainwave states. Uh, so that's my new thing is biosyncing, uh, which I'm just loving it. So it's probably been the most fun thing I've created. But yeah, you can find links to everything and get to know me. And then uh, Instagram is Angela S. Foster. But um, what about you, Kristen? Please share uh, so my listeners can connect with you. Uh, yeah. Um, and it, I just, I love that the, if anyone just listening to audio, when Angela's talking about the biosyncing program, if you could see the way that she lights up, it's really beautiful to know how passionate you are about this space um, and getting women to understand that like this is a 360 project and it's not going to happen overnight. And just the sweetness that you show up with really, I think, is a it's a beautiful opportunity to work with a coach like you who you feel very like understanding and approachable in a way that's like, okay, she's going to tell me what's good. And then she's going to give me a little leeway <laughs> and some grace if I need it to understand like the answering of questions and the, the knowledge base that you come with. Um, I think the big Thank thing that's, 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 you're welcome, girl. You're welcome. Um, the big thing that's res been resonating a lot with me lately is um, the Sherpa breath and cold. Um, I'm in the middle of a rebrand. So in another month or so, everything will look a little different, just a little and uh, Sherpa Breath and Cold is a uh, it sort of created itself a program out of a calling for more breathwork and more cold exposure, uh, not just for females, but for men and women. And then this year I launched an instructor certification program. So I'm training people in um, sometimes people will call it the Sherpa method. What I really found out in the world was that there was a gap in the place, the marketplace for there's all these different styles and methods of breathwork and then styles and methods of ice plunging. And what I wanted to do was like create a hub and a two day live course where I travel to a host location. I just booked Maui. How exciting is that for December? Super exciting. So you're training um, instructors as part of this, so I'm right? Training instructors. Yeah. Amazing. I've run four training so far. I have 32 instructors, uh, 36 instructors now. And, um, it's been really beautiful to just sort of, uh, have the universe gift me with this, opportunity. And so I call people were calling me here in Texas. They're like, we Sherpa me through the ice. And then I said, I might get canceled if I call the business that, and I checked with, <laughs> checked with everybody I could. Um, and really Sherpa stands for, um, surrender, history, exposure, respiration, performance, and adaptation. And it is a, it's a great opportunity. I do community sessions here. I do some online breath work. And then I do, um, this instructor training, which is a very big piece of my heart. Um, and then I have a, a program online that's like a women's health optimization course as well. That's a wow factor, a women optimizing wellness online course, which talks about 11 different areas of health. And that's like a hybrid of, you know, live coaching on, on Zoom. And then also uh, a course that has videos and content so women can learn. Um, 
Yeah. And then I will, that will live, this interview will live in there as well so that women can get a chance to meet you and understand the beautiful work you're doing in the world. Well, power is the podcast and uh, at warrior woman mode, I will never let lose or live down that, that name. Sometimes people are like, I don't know what her name is. They're just like warrior woman mode, get over here. <laughs> I love the warrior woman. And do you know what I love there is, as you say, like you're definitely a type A personality, but you have that kind of beautiful femininity at the same time. And I just think it's just so powerful. It's amazing. I absolutely love your work and I can't wait to share it. Uh, with my listeners and the fact that you're doing this instructor training is just super cool are you going to be bringing that to Europe because I know you've been to Europe quite a bit recently Do yeah and I'm, I'm going back ahead? to Amsterdam in a month and I'm traveling to Stockholm next year and I'm around I am um I did my first international training in Toronto it was great 10 people up there and, and super beautiful and I'm hopeful to go to Israel next year I've been talking with a the host there but I'd love to come to the UK and that's like one I have lots of contacts and friends and things. And so if anyone's listening to this and wants to have the Sherpa breath and cold instructor training, come to their facility. I'm so all about it. I would love to come to the UK. I'd love to come to London and, and really just um, like dive in pun intended and in sharing that because it's, it's about people leaving these trainings and instructors and coaches. And I have had massage therapists and trauma therapists and all different types of people come it's about being able to spend a weekend in a small community of people who have passion points around breathwork, cold exposure, even if you're just new to it. And what I guarantee you is that you get to, you leave being able to teach like a safe, fun and effective breathwork and, or breathwork and ice plunge experience. And that's, that's sometimes what I was seeing the gap was like people learning all this information and then they go home to make a class and they're like, where do I start? How do I weave this into my business? So we spend a lot of time over the weekend practically applying what we learn after I run people through some info and insight and research and then experientially. And then people can, we spend a couple hours at the end too, talking about how effective we can be by how do we weave this into your business specifically? And that I think is something that I wanted when I was a teacher, when I was rolling around the world, master training on other fitness formats that I try to provide with the Sherpa Breath and Cold Instructor course. But yeah, people can find me at warrior woman mode on Instagram and wellpower.life online and all of that. So I'm around. You can find your super cool videos on there, which I love of uh, getting in the cold as well. Uh, yeah. So inspiring, really, really inspiring. Um, I love that you've called it Sherpa. I mean, obviously it has its meaning in terms of what it um, stands for as well, but it's, it's such a great name. I'm going to have to come and see you when you're in Amsterdam or something. Oh, I, I, yes. And then we'll just have to breathe and get in cold water, which is super yeah. easy. There's lots of places to plunge in Amsterdam, which I like. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, well, thanks again, Kristen. It's yeah, been thank really you so to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. My audience is going to love you as much as I do. And then let's just yeah. keep the fires burning between us. Let's do that for sure. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, the show notes will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast. And you can download the transcript there together with the show notes and all of the other resources that I have on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.